You're listening to Jack's Core. This is Tony Rochelle coming to you this evening from San Marco. I'm here with my co-host Cameron Perry. Oh! And Shannon Crisp. How's it going? And we have with us this evening the Executive Director of GastroFest 2015, Erin Thursby. How you doing? Yeah. Erin's <laughs> awesome, sorry. She's wonderful. Um, it is Wednesday, March 19th, 2014, and we'll just get into updates from this week. Um, everybody, what are we updating? All right, you're looking at me, so I'm going to go. Um, I guess my update would be an event I attended, which was the Community First Natural Life Music Festival. Um, it was pretty awesome. I'll just start with that. I have all these notes about the start of it and all that, but I guess I'll just tell my experience to get that far into it. Um, natural Life Music Festival was basically a big like indie folk music festival, but there are so many other things happening. One of the cool things is it's free, so I really thought that was a good way to get back to the community, which is something that the lady who does it is all about. We talked about that a little bit last week, actually, and so anybody could come out, throw down a blanket at Metro Park and enjoy the music, but there were lots of other things. There were um, food trucks. They had the food trucks out there had to be kind of at least somewhat healthy. <laughs> there were um, many fried things on the menu, so I guess not completely healthy, mm-hmm. but there was one out of their Dig Foods, and I should have eaten there, and I didn't. Oh, they dig has a food truck now? Uh, it was more of a booth, I think. I was going to say, that's cool. Yeah, it was a booth, but I should have went there, but um, we ended up going to Superfood Truck. And, yeah, you uh, should have went to dig. That's, that's his I experience. I know, I failed. <laughs> I really failed. But Superfood Truck is awesome, too, but I, I think I missed an opportunity there that I hope to, yeah. I get, hope to get to reclaim. But um, it was really great. There were food trucks, there were arts and crafts, there was really a little something for everybody. And I thought it was nice. I took my six-year-old niece, and there was... Tons of stuff for her to do, but it wasn't boring for me either. So we had a really good time. Uh, basically, you could get a punch card and go around and do all these crafts. They had uh, you could tie dye your own shirts. You could make these like hand stamped leather bracelets, these hippie headbands. It was by the end of the day, my six year old niece turned into a complete hippie I flower love child. It. Oh my god! <laughs> it was wonderful. That was incredible. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So that's my rundown. It was a good time. Um, if you get a chance next year, go out to it. If you didn't get to see it uh, this year, so it was pretty amazing. And um, I have an update. Last week, we um, I did a piece on um, the House Bill One Three Two Nine, the um, proposal that is uh, angering a lot of people because it's supposed to pretty much put uh, choke hold on craft breweries. And this was something that was brought up, um, sponsored by Republican Ray Rodriguez. Um, anyway. We kind of went into detail about it last week, but it's going to do a lot of things such as preventing um, craft breweries from having guest taps unless they go through a distributor. And um, problem is, you know, there's a lot of politics behind the main three distribution companies. And um, anyhow, what we're trying to do is keep an eye on this and make sure everybody knows what's going on. And I want to make sure that people know that they can... um, get online or send an email, like send an email, call their representatives um, in the Senate and House, make sure you let them know your opinion and um, contact Don Getz and uh, let him know that you support craft breweries and to do the right thing basically because we're looking at a situation where there's a lot of ambiguous money going on here because he's friends with, um, you know, 
well, campaign contributor, actually, Anheuser-Busch distributor. Um, I'm not sure the exact person or the exact representative for them, but it was pretty much public knowledge. So keep watching it. We'll keep an eye on it and let you know if there's any um, petitions or anything going around. We'll let you know as well. But um, we don't want to see this kind of stranglehold on one of the few things that's actually really blossoming in this economy doing really well. Right. This is a great contributor to our local economy, so that could hurt us a lot or hurt them a lot, you know, by yeah. both. <laughs> Every, I mean, a lot of the events we talk about, a lot of the things that we go to, what's going on or who's sponsoring it, um, even on charity events and things, who's sponsoring it. A lot of times right now, it is these craft breweries. Intuition. They're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You're not supposed to mention them just one episode. Just one episode. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> they are. Okay, so yeah, I mean, these are, it's not just them almost all of the craft breweries in town have a reputation for doing stuff like this. That's true. And they're contributing to the community in such major ways. And then when we go out to these events and there's, uh, they're on location, their stuff sells out immediately and people are like clamoring for it. It's gone. People want it. You know, there's absolutely no reason to do um, any kind of denting on this. So. Well, they want good beer. <laughs> good, good beer. I do. Uh, speaking of intuition, that was our other update, was the street party they had this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Well, it was in honor of, I guess, the Gate River Run people, but they also had food trucks out there. They had this whole um, this whole menu of brunchy beers that they Special were beers. out of by the time I got there. We didn't, Again? Get, we didn't get there that late. It was only like a little after 2 o'clock. Yeah, and it went on all night. All mm-hmm. night, but they were out of, oh my gosh, they had like some sort of blueberry, blueberry cake beer. They had um, bacon something... Um, <laughs> making something. Everything's better with beer, uh, including beer. <laughs> um, I wanted to go so badly. I had to go to work at twelve, so going and getting beers at eleven didn't really pan out. Well, be glad that you didn't show up as a non-runner as early as I did, as we did, <laughs> because everybody there was in their post-running gear, and... except for the child in a Super Mario costume. Oh yeah, that's I was like, <laughs> I was like, nobody here. Everybody here looks like they participate except me. And then I look over and there's a kid in a Mario, Super Mario, what, Luigi or something. No, it was Mario. Okay. I don't know the difference. (laughs) You and me, Mario. Yeah, I was like, that's probably the only person that didn't run. She's like, no, I think you ran. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So maybe later in the day, more of the non-runners were there. But early, it was a lot, which I'm surprised people can... should just get, like, a running costume and a number and just... Just in case. Yeah, except for, like I said, I had posted um, the night before or earlier that I didn't run, that I danced all night at Birdie's. Okay, so I would have really. I like how you put ran a race of my You own. ran the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. I was dying. <laughs> Nate and I got a lot of exercise. We did. All right. <laughs> so um, that's it for our updates, I believe. Um, now we turn to Erin, and we're actually going to talk to Cameron as well because she is quite involved with GastroFest. Um, she is co-creator for them. And um, so, Erin, could you please tell our listeners, some of whom probably haven't heard of GastroFest, what this is? Well, it is a One Spark project, project number 20026. That's the first time I've... Got to plug it right now. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a great festival that celebrates our local cuisine. So basically, you know, not everybody knows all the wonderful things that we have to, to offer here in Jacksonville. And this would be a festival that lets people know what we've got. Because we, we haven't had a festival that celebrates everything. Mm-hmm. You know, from the food trucks to the breweries, the fine dining, 
um, the purveyors of, of fine spices. Um, <laughs> people, you know, people don't know. Home cooks can go places. Um, you know, we have little meat shops that nobody knows about. We have, you know, places that sell fresh seafood. But people don't know. They aren't informed about it. And a festival like this will bring our food scene out to the fore, show people what we've got, and not just here, but everywhere. I mean, we have such a great food scene, but we're not featured as much as some other cities that have a comparable food scene. And we really should, you know, step out onto the national stage when it comes to our food. Um, Because at this point, we're bringing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm surprised how many people don't realize just how many great local artisan bread makers that we have that are all over. There's several of them, but most people don't know that. And these are the kind of things that uh, worth worth the attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So other, other cities have festivals like this, mm-hmm. and I think that we have gotten to the point in our food scene where we can do this, and we should be doing it. And it would be it would be a travesty if we did not. So, Gastro twenty fifteen is is all about our food and educating everybody about our food ways here in Jacksonville. It's gonna be huge, guys. It's gonna be really stinking big. So we're doing um so we're going to One Spark first um, as a first leg of our funding <clears throat> in hopes to actually get the finances for a down payment on a facility, which is the first step we need in order to get funding from a lot of other places. We need a timeline, which comes from the deposit, which comes from a secured space. So that's really the first leg. Once we do that, we'll be like able to start, you know, putting proposals out there to sponsors and maybe we're going to do a Kickstarter too. Yeah. It's hard to move forward before you have the facility, right? right? Right. So that's That's a really important part of that. Ideally, what facility, what what sort of environment do you want to have? (laughs) Well, we've been looking at a lot of different... If money weren't an option. (laughs) Well, we've been looking at a lot of different options, but RAM is one of the best places for an event like this because if it rains, it's covered. Mm -hmm. They already have bathroom facilities. A lot of the things that you look for when you're doing an event... They're already there. Right. Yeah. People come there, too. I mean, people anymore, it's almost to the point where if there's a a relatively big event there, people are comfortable going and they're going. Yeah. Right. And they know where to park. Right. You know, it makes things easy. So that's like top on our list. We do have other things that we're looking at, but pretty much Ram looks like it's going to be... It, it is pending. It what, is yeah. pending the Fuller Warren expansion project. Have you guys yeah. been able to talk with them at all about that to see how real of a possibility? Nobody, nobody really knows until FDOT moves a little further along. Fair any enough. real answers at this point? But supposedly they're going to be working, as we talked in a previous show. Supposedly FDOT is prepared to make minimal impact on not only the traffic in the area but the ramp space and, of course, the proposed dock park. Would you ideally have would would <clears throat> Gastrofest ideally be comparable to RAM and like setting with like you know the different vendors and it just being like kind of a walkthrough experience. Um, it's going to be a walkthrough experience, but we hope to have special events, mm-hmm. special ticketed events. So, it, the event itself would be free, mm-hmm. but we might have um, you know tents where people can go and do tastings, you know, right. private events. But everything else will be probably based on taste tickets or coins. We were thinking about coins because that's so cool. Yeah. Um, you could keep it. That's yeah, what you're saying. Keep it. I love yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but um, we want it to be accessible to everybody, and that's the main thing. Because if we're educating everybody about what we have to offer, we don't want it to to be so exclusive that you can't, you know, it, it prices people out. Right. So, 
Um, although we will be offering you know more upscale, more VIP stuff as well, we want it to be an event that people can bring their families to, and you know people can you know party in a tent. <laughs> yeah, know? and and we're we're gonna have um, local bands and yeah. um, we're, and we're hoping to have some demonstrations. We have um, somebody we both met in a foodies group. That's how you and I met, Jeffrey Spear. Um, yeah. he's he's somebody who is a really great fountain of foodie knowledge and hopefully we can have him the speak first and Coast heritage cookbook yeah which, exactly um, if you want to know about local food it's one of the cookbooks you should own mm-hmm. um along of course with the intuition cookbook obviously yeah we can't get away from intuition <laughs> can we no they're we just can't. so valuable and vital are, to the and, community that we care about and you know what they're doing is is really wonderful and their cookbook is kind of a snapshot of our local scene because it's home cooks, it's restaurateurs, digs exactly, and and everybody's involved with it. So that's just terrific. But we're gonna have Jeff. Um, he's going to actually be at One Spark with us because we're yes. we're doing programming at One Spark. So y'all come out to our booth. <laughs> um, we're at Main Street Park, um, and if you come out, we're we're going to have a schedule um, of demos. And giveaways, um, and giveaways mm. um, um, with you know gift certificates to local restaurants. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have wine tasting. We're gonna have beer tasting. Awesome! All the the lovely yummy things. Honey tasting. That's always the thing I get the most excited about. For okay, season. now I have a question sure. uh, about that. Are you going to have a few different representatives? Do you know yet as far as um, honey farmers or vendors? Because we went to the Honey Fest and there was one vendor. I was so oh. disappointed. I, I expected to you know get to try a variety. They had a variety in and of themselves. But, you know, I wanted to try a variety of um, distributors. Well, okay. well, that for, for the actual GastroFest, um, because we're, we're trying to do all kinds of things, Fair enough. I don't know how many honey, uh, yeah. honey booths we're going to want to have, um, but it's definitely something that we want to represent because our local honey is important. Our local bees are important to the food that we have, to the crops that we have. It all I ties mean, back in. It all ties back in. So, um, you know, we're not a honey festival, but honey will be there. Yeah. yeah. I would have a honey festival. And, oh, I mean, that's something I would. delicious. But mm-hmm. I, I think, it, you know, there's, there's also the possibility of, you know, down the line with GastroFest possibly in the next year, something would be cool to do something like maybe compile and keep data on all Wine this kind of stuff for festival. people. <laughs> right. Well, no, just to like have a thing that's like, by the, you know, like maybe we'd have a pamphlet that highlighted stuff that's not there. And yeah. Maybe we have all the honey people, all the craft breweries in case they don't all participate. Because we're not, this isn't, a, you know, this isn't an advertisement, even though we will have sponsorships. There, we're not supporting any one person over another when it comes right. to the food and its distribution and the beer. Are there, are there other food festivals that happen in other major cities that you're modeling this after? Well, this is... Cam and I have, have had a little discussion about that. Um, and she's right, and I'm right, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're both right at the same time, though we have a different point of view. Um, I I want to look at other festivals, definitely. You know, the Chicago Festival is very accessible, um, so I've been looking at that. Charleston is nearer to us geographically, but... It's not the same as Jacksonville, mm-hmm. um, but some of the things they're doing, I, I will I will borrow and steal from every festival that I research <laughs> if it's a fit for Jacksonville. 
Um, but as Can has pointed out... <laughs> well, I think it's a situation where, of course, when it comes to logistics, you have to bring in as much information as you can. Experience of festival... We've learned that there isn't a template for festival organization of this kind. There really isn't. And a lot of things depend on the individual cities and states' ordinance and various things that just can't be predetermined. But at the same time, you do need some kind of ideas of what to expect. But when it comes to the details and the personality of the festival, I just, like with anything else with Jacksonville, I feel like we have this great chance to still create our own identity. We're moving in a direction where things are growing quickly and there's a lot of people like our podcast, us, people who care about Jacksonville can still make things whatever the hell we want. And um, so I I like the idea of saying, well, here's what Duval is. And I want to say Duval. I I like saying Duval. And it's funny, Shannon is wearing an I Love Duval shirt, (laughs) or the roller uh, derby girls. But um, I want to take from the fact that this is part South. This is part Florida. This is part close to St. Augustine. I mean, we just have like the daddle peppers and things that are so unique to this area that I hope influence the actual direction and personality. So we're more setting, not even setting the standard for festivals, but setting our, our unique own. standard. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be like, I want to be like Kings of Leon. They've never <laughs> heard music before. And then like they had their, no, I mean, they definitely want to have some kind of, um, some kind of um, uniqueness that just comes from this grassroots effort that we're kind of, you know, no, I'm completely with you because that's something I love, especially about a lot of our upstarts, is the unique, um, I guess you could call it fusion food, like things you would just never expect. Like Lola's is a great example. They have things on your menu, you like, you put that with that, and it's actually kind of amazing. Where but, you use that wording, and you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> and they're um, really, they, they oh, oh yeah, the wording. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the menu labels are a whole other situation. Yeah, but, but yeah, but I mean, that's just one example. There's... um. Many restaurants that have, uh, <laughs> sorry, such uh, unique combinations of food, and they're usually inspired by things that are just uniquely Jacksonville or uniquely Southern Florida. I mean, not Southern Florida or the South, and then they're kind of combined with newer ideas, and they just make a whole new creation. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to have a strong food culture and understand what it is we have, because it is culture. It is part of our identity. Food is a big deal. We have to eat every single day. <laughs> Food is a part of care. anthropology when you study yeah. things. It's like, what does what does um, the food in countryside Sardinia, what do we know? It, it tells a lot about the people and their history. It's a very um, rich picture of the culture. Now I want to ask Erin about... Um, why you have chosen this as a project. I know that um, a little bit about your background, that you are um, a food writer. Um, is, is that what you do in real life? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> Just on, uh, what is that, Second Life? Second Life, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, that's, that's what I do. Um, I'm food editor for EU Jacksonville. Right. Um, so I've been writing for them, gosh, um, since 05. How did you get into that? Well, before before I wrote for them, I also wrote um, in Tampa okay. for a little while. Um, I was going to school for um, English literature, which is a wonderful degree to have. <laughs> um, English major. Yeah, <laughs> all right. 
Um, but I was also doing doing stories, even though I wasn't a journalism major. Um, I was doing story entertainment stories, okay. um, mostly dealing with, mostly dealing with food. And from there, um, I I was interested in doing that and got into it and just started to love it more and more. And and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the reason why I'm doing this project is because I just saw a real need. Mm-hmm. It's not being done. Right. And I don't see anybody doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can do it. So why not? And one spark is really the reason why I thought it was possible. Right. Otherwise, it would have just been an idea that I had. And couldn't you know, afford. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it would be, oh, well, that's a great idea, but... But because one spark was there and one spark was available to foster an idea like this, I, I thought, why not? And even if the funding isn't what we want from that situation, there's going to be a lot of publicity automatically from the situation. Yes. Um, you know, um, we're hoping to get some corporate sponsorships. Um, I think that a lot of companies locally would really want to be involved in this yeah. because it's great economically. And it's great culturally. And it's great economically because, you know, food tourism, I'm sorry, but the people that are food tourists usually have a higher income than other tourists. True. And they bring more money into Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's a, a really good thing and it puts us on a map and it elevates our reputation as a city. Yeah. It makes us a place to be. And, and right now is just a ripe time for something like this. So many things are just exploding. New high-quality restaurants are opening up around here. The breweries are expanding or opening up new ones. I mean, mm-hmm. there's – and that's because during a recession also, you know, there are certain things that people don't give up and don't stop doing in the drinking. Alcohol is one of those. And, I mean, there's so many things to tie into it right now. It's just like this great time. There's so many things that make it to where, yeah, this is going to work. I right. mean, really, it, it is going to work. One spark, you know, is a great, great starting point, a great sparking point. <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's definitely uh, going to have a lot of legs past that to grow. And as a food writer, I'm sure that you have been to many, many restaurants, many, many times. I'm just curious: do you have any stories about a time where um, a restaurant experience has gone just horribly awry? Not necessarily like the food was disgusting or anything, but just maybe an, an atypical experience. Well, I've got a. I've, well, well, of course, you always have a few horror stories here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I. You would think that a chicken Caesar salad would be impossible to mess up. I'm here to tell you today, (laughs) it is possible to have a terrible chicken Caesar salad. I've had one here in Jacksonville, and they shall remain nameless, but um, it was pretty bad, and I I couldn't understand. Was it a local place? Kind of. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, they're they're, they're local, Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't, I just, I, I was beyond belief that you could you could mess that up. The chicken was incredibly dry. Um, there was so much dressing that you couldn't see. <laughs> Probably to compensate the lettuce. for the dry chicken. <laughs> yeah, you, you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't actually see the lettuce. It was in. It, it was more like a soup with lettuce thrown into it, yeah. and then like the driest chicken that had been sitting around in a fridge for so long that it was no longer considered chicken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I remember your story though about a specific vegan restaurant. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have to get into details of that, but I always, when, when I think of horrible restaurant stories, I actually think of one of yours, which was the, the smelly waiter and the... Uh, you don't remember this one? No. Oh, God. It was it was one of our early foodies groups that I uh, missed, and yes. you guys went to blah blah you know, that, blah. And that that was that was a, that was a while ago, and it actually was outside. Okay, so you can. It was out. It was outside of Jacksonville, but I'm still not going to name it. Uh, yeah, I kind of um, figured. We and yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a vegan restaurant, and the waiter smelled yeah. bad, <laughs> really, really, <laughs> really bad, like bad enough that. You sort of wanted him to stand away from you when you were near food, oh, you know? No. Well, yeah. Like, and, and you know, the space between you and, and the wave staff usually is at least a foot or two. So if you can smell somebody from that far away, Yuck. that's not good. Right. So, Yuck. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I the have hazards no of <laughs> but, but, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we ask all of our guests this, but um, we just want to know, what do you love about Jacksonville? There's just so much to love, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm loving the, well, I, I'm loving the cocktail scene right now. Okay. Um, I'm loving this sort of uh, farm to bar movement. Yeah. That's sort of blossoming. I'm loving that, that they're taking care of what kind of ice they're putting in drinks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like that the, there, there's that level of attention. I like beer, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but you give me a finely crafted cocktail and I'm yours, <laughs> you know? So I'm, I'm loving that. I'm loving that things can start here. Right. And be incredible. Cool. Um, and then one final thing. If someone loves the idea of GastroFest, what can they do to either get involved or participate or what's... What's the next step for GastroFest after One Spark? Well, um, we're on Facebook. You just type in GastroFest 2015, and it should come up for you. Um, and there are going to be updates through there. Um, we have a website that's just www.gastrofest.com. Pretty simple to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be updates through there. You can sign up for um, email through our website. Um, you can... Vote for us, of course. You can, yeah. Two zero zero two six is our number. Yes, and, make, and you can share our Facebook page. You can tell oh, all your friends. Share the about, heck out of it. Yeah, and tell your friends about us. And um, if you love food, you should love us. <laughs> yeah, and when the they are one and the same. Yeah, <laughs> and if you are a restaurant or um, local anything food related type person, um, get with us, especially after. One spark. And before One Spark, um, oh, yeah. we're still in the process of programming our, our booth for One Spark. Like I said earlier, you know, we're going to have beer tastings, we're going to have wine tastings, we're going to have food demos. But if you're a restaurant and you want to, I don't know, be there when 150,000 people are downtown, <laughs> promote One yourself. Spark. Just do a little thing for a half an hour. Gu- or so. Guess who's coming to our booth? All the people that love food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, the Main Street Park um, is Caddy Corner behind the library from Main Street. So if you're looking at the back, if you're standing at the back of the library and you're looking away, it'll be across the street on your left. Correct. Yes, that's okay. correct, and it, it's the the it's it's actually also across from the parking lot, um, sort of next to Burrito yeah. Gallery. So yeah, fair and fair. Um, it's a pretty nice location. I'm really pleased. The opposite side of the library from Hemming, right? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yep. and so be sure to come by and see us and 
it's going to be a... We'll let you know when the beer is going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. And Erin, you're welcome to stick around and talk with us about the rest of things going on this week. Um, Shannon, I defer to you. What do you have for us? Well, I'm kind of... uh, We are doing our podcast leading up to One Spark, and we're keeping it One Spark themed for the most part. Leading into that, I have uh, Swamp Radio, and how, you may ask, are they One Spark themed? They are a Spark Grant project of the Cultural Council. I think that just like one of our other, um, once we mentioned they won one of the grants to get started, what Swamp Radio is is a quarterly variety show that celebrates Northeast Florida culture, art, history, through stories, interviews, music. It's, It's really a neat thing they've got put together, and it's really, really Florida, (laughs) you know, they, the last one they did was on the way people speak, uh, down here, like all the, yeah, the mannerisms and the slang, and it's just, uh, really Southern culture, I think it's really interesting, yeah, it's something, I didn't get to attend the last one, which was in January, but they have another one coming up in a couple of weeks, so I will be in attendance at that one, but if you would like to hear the other two they did, they'll be on WJCT this Friday night at 7 p.m. and next Friday night <laughs> at 7 p.m. as well. And they also are uh, fellow podcasters, I found out when I was doing a little research today. That's so. what I was wondering. Yeah, that would be cool. So they're tying into all kinds of things we're interested in around here. So I'm really excited to listen to them. Um, I listened to an interview, I want to say, on one of the morning shows. that's escaping me now, of course, because we're recording. <laughs> um, First Coast Connect. There it goes. And they gave a rundown of what they did. Basically, they do, they do songs, they do skits, they do poetry. They have all kinds of local contributions that just really reflect the the culture of the area. Like a cultural variety show, kind of combined like skit, but right, exactly. Just a little, pretty much what it's called. Just a little bit of everything. And the last one they had uh, Clara, I think it is, the lady who started Tidbits. She participated. Oh, yay. I have to listen to that now. Is it Clara or Clara? I've only read it, so I don't know. Yeah, um, but they're they're kind of a mainstay, I mean, um, as far as catering is concerned, and Southern food here in Jacksonville, I mean, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, well, she's pretty amazing. Um, I don't know the specifics, but from what I've heard and read, um, you know, through various sources... She was like a young business owner when she started and just moved forward with it and now is known for like the best chicken salad in Jacksonville and probably many, many other things. And it's a shame I don't know a little more about her. She uh, runs a yoga studio and a little gym, too. Okay, that I didn't know. Yeah, I, she's I focus a, on the food. So. Yeah, <laughs> she's, a, she's a pretty awesome lady. And my boyfriend's uh, mother takes yoga at her studio, and she's just really cool. So, yeah, she participated last time, so... Um, but anyways, yeah, I just think it's something everybody should check out. Maybe go ahead and get a sneak peek by listening to the episodes they've already recorded. So I guess it's the the radio version of what other people got to see live. And then if you're interested, you can go and check them out. Um, they will actually be having their newest one. is on my next page here. Their live spring show. It's called How's Your Mama and Them. <laughs> see what I mean? <laughs> Sunday, April 6th at 3 p.m. at the Times Union Center for the Performing Arts. And that's another thing I forgot to mention is they do all these things in the Spark District. This one's going to be the Times Union. The last one was the Florida Theater. And the one before that was at MoCA. So they're very downtown-centric. They're very plugged into the whole One Spark thing. And they're very plugged into everything Jacksonville. So if you're listening to us, you probably are too. So check those guys out. 
Awesome. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. I thought I was done. The newest one at the TU is going to have Grandpa's Cough Medicine participating. Oh, we're there. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's that. The grandma's <laughs> are they are they next week with us? Uh, no, next week we have something else planned, but we hope to have Grandpa's Cough Medicine with us before Wednesday. When are they ever going to have time? Because they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The time. We stumble Seriously. on them sometimes. Yeah. Like, we promote them, and then we also stumble upon them. We came them. across like, him as he was talking to me on Facebook about how he couldn't <laughs> be on the show because he was at a show. And I was like, I know, you're sitting right in front of me. <laughs> so, Dad, have a dream. <laughs> and to give you an idea of the variety they have, there will be an Irish storyteller there. Oh, wow. And a poet. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it seems like it's um, pretty diverse. It's definitely something that's I'm amazing. pretty stoked about. So, that's just something I wanted to tell you guys about that you may not know about. Very cool. I'm very happy you did. Um, thank you, Shannon. Uh, Cameron, what do you have for us this week? Well, anybody who's been on Facebook today knows the best story of the day is the arrest of the um, alleged, well, I don't think there's any more allegations on this, but um, <laughs> Keith Herring's ghost, which has now been revealed to be, as he was arrested today, um, his name is Kevin Chip Southworth, local artist. Um, a lot of people had speculated it was him, uh, on, but again, it's just been um, one of those things that um, we know about these situations where these um, kind of covert, uh, middle of the night or whatever. Um, like chalk shop. <laughs> yeah. Paintings go up on the JEA boxes around town, specifically and mainly around um, the urban core of the areas we're interested San in. Marco and Riverside. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, and this has been going on since, um, I guess, fall. Last fall, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tony had said that the first one was around, based on something with Trayvon Martin. And um, it's just, they're very political um, kind of, Images, but very um, simple images, and they're based on um, the artwork of Keith Haring himself, who was a New York uh, street artist, graffiti, subway, uh, and he was very politically motivated. It was um, in the '80s, and um, a lot of his stuff addresses really uh, hot button issues like racism and gun control. Yeah, um, which is why it's, I guess it's so controversial. Yeah. Well, and um, anyway, Keith Haring had died of AIDS in uh, 1990. The controversy also lies within the fact that this is defacing uh, public property. Um, these are, you know, the JEA boxes. Um, they're ugly, but <laughs> it is illegal. And, you know... Is that what he got charged with? What was the charge? Um, the actual charge... It contained the word mischief, which I... Oh, no, not a um, charge I wouldn't be ashamed to have. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not my ass on the line, but if you're going to charge him with something, I'll take mischief. Well, the city, the part of it is that the city estimates the damage to the traffic control utility boxes to be around one thousand. Yeah, one. Well, to be repainted, one thousand one hundred dollars. That's it. Well, there's eleven boxes, so I guess that's a hundred bucks a box. I don't understand how it takes a hundred bucks to paint a box. <laughs> I've seen because a light city, pole. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw, I saw yeah, a light pole true. knocked over by a city bus that fell into the glass of mocha. They're like these kids Ooh. for a library trip, and the bus driver backed into one of those big lights. It bashed into the light, uh, glass of mocha, <laughs> and I am not joking. I counted eleven JEA trucks, and I don't even know. It was over twenty guys standing out there for hours to pull this light. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting on anything with this. I'm just yeah. saying that's how it costs them, them I, easily, but still $100 to paint these boxes. Um, 
Now, there are a lot of people that are like, well, hey, this art, it's dressing up some ugly box. It's, um, you know, it's a positive message. It's, there's people that want to see this. And then there's the people that are, well, hey, you know, this, it, it is illegal. Yeah. And we're, again, it's always that whole thing where it comes down to, oh, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? You know? Well, there are a lot of private business owners who will offer up an ugly wall and say, go ahead and do this to a specific artist, but it's their property to offer. And that's what it boils down to. And, and I love street art, so don't get me wrong, but if it's not yours, you know? Yeah. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I, I definitely do not have a real position on this, I will say, yeah. but I do swing a little bit towards the concept of you, you got to... You, you can't pick and choose what you allow and what you don't allow based on aesthetics or based on a certain uh, trend amongst, you know, the neighborhood even. Even if a lot of the neighborhood... So, okay. Or also, um, there's a question that's been asked, well, why didn't he get permitted? Well, we also know he was keeping himself um, anonymous. But had he wanted to get permitted to do this, there was... Um, it's technically impossible to do because... We have um, a specific permit called, um, well, or we have a specific ordinance called 326.103, yeah, whatever. Um, This is something that we, the people, voted on to eliminate billboards, which in the wording of this as it stands would encompass him doing the art. There's a lot to the wording. There's a lot more. I don't have the actual details, but it does go in direct conflict with anything that would allow him to be permitted. Um, there's also another thing called Signs and Outdoor Displays, Chapter 3, two, or, well, that's, yeah, that's the rest of this. There's another part of the wording that says, um, signs posted on electric poles or light standards maintained by JEA and advertising events in publicly owned facilities or holiday decorations, um, the posting of which on the poles is approved, this is so confusing, approved by city council, <laughs> provided that the construction and installation of the signs or decorations has been approved by the managing director of JEA. Again, it goes on to add how this can actually go over this and this and this and, mm-hmm. and how this law can actually, this part of this very ordinance, you know, it's a mess. It's a tangled mess. So um, when it comes down to the fact that he would not have been able to get a permit pretty easily and... Um, so maybe he shouldn't have done it, or maybe he could have found people who would have let him do it. But part of it is, as with any artist, what gets them known? What gets yeah. them? This is what is making Chipsopworth. This is, I mean, it, at least it's a positive thing. I mean, well, it, he did say that he chose not to use his real name as a uh, as a way of making it an homage instead of plagiarism. Like all he signs all of his works as Keith Haring's ghost. Yeah, which um, that is, I mean, that is, um, but you know. At the same time, it's definitely made a name because it is because in part because it was anonymous too, but um, right. and because He's it was made mysterious. Made for himself as the ghost, not necessarily for him as a as an individual. But I'm not. I'm not, not at all arguing that. But right, freaking now, Chip mm-hmm. Southworth is an individual who has made a name for himself. Once it busts, it busts, and it was inevitable that it was going to bust. Well, going back to the J J A boxes, I guess it, um, the. You, there's the forever like art versus vandalism debate, but also the fact that if anyone knows that those are in fact JEA boxes, then you know then JEA gets stuck with whatever message the artist portraying, which is again what the the issue boils down to is. Um, Do they promote or agree right, with? Right, because yeah, this is a paid sponsorship. The, the, <laughs> the reviews and opinions or whatever. Yeah. We do not agree with the stand your ground law. <laughs> Well, in no I, way represent I, JEA, you know, or its affiliate. It's like, <laughs> where's the disclaimer? <laughs> it sounds like the law was specifically written um, 
to keep commercial interests from posting their stuff all over public boxes. Well, right. that's what it sounds like the like law pizza was places. meant to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> but there, but there is. Um, there's a little more to it, and and I guess that you said it would have to be untangled and rewritten in order for this to fly, though, and um, to fly is being permitted. Not the JEA. I'm sorry, I don't believe under any circumstance, even if it was no. to be approved by. I don't believe JEA is going to allow that. Right there, um, but I mean, there there. At this point, I'm curious as to whether or not there's any real motivation to do it past this point. Now that he's unmasked, now that um, the the mystique is gone, and also, if it shows up, he's going to get in trouble. So he definitely have to pick a new uh, type of or a new medium, uh, not Cover. medium, a new, yeah. <laughs> he would have to pick uh, a new type of thing to paint on. So, well, that's tough. Has, like, can they? I mean, I know it's all legality and everything, but can they prove it? What if somebody decided to be a copycat artist? I was artist? just thinking that. I mean, it's yeah. pretty simple work. It's gorgeous, but pretty simple. <laughs> the ghost of Keith Haring's ghost, <laughs> ghost, ghost. I mean, this could go on in carnations of, yeah. <laughs> So what if yeah. someone, so if somebody does it while he's in jail, they'll know it wasn't him. Oh, so we could yeah. go get him. Oh, him. That's what I just did. They literally catch him. Right. Uh, red-handed. I want to imagine him actually with red paint and he's being arrested and it's on his hand. Okay, that's a little absurd. But... <laughs> it is literally poetic justice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, as of the last check, he was still in jail. I don't know what's going on with that, but all the local artists, hippie peeps are in the process of rallying some money around to help get him out. And um, I'm sure that in the end, the uh, what he's facing will be pretty low. And I don't think it's going to turn into too much. But um, if he has to pay, fi- pay fines or repaint, I'm sure people will be helping him or whatever. And I'm sure he's probably going to end up having quite the name as an artist now. So notorious <laughs> no publicity is bad publicity I, I want to put something out there just because I looked and looked and couldn't find anything about it something I had noticed is these started to pop up is there's a, another graffiti artist and I use the term very loosely who likes to put um, these crazy looking pizza slices up um, I'm sure if you've been around the Riverside area you've seen them and they're usually quickly and kind of sloppily done um they, they don't really inspire me, but again, that's each person's personal taste. But what's so interesting about them is they've been tagging them specifically over the um, ghost of Keith Haring's um, things that he had done. So I don't really know if that's a personal vendetta or what's going on, but I noticed today over on Stockton, there were actually two prints plastered over them. So getting a little more inspired there, I guess. But if anybody out there actually knows the specifics, like what is the deal with this pizza thing, then maybe leave us a comment, shoot us an email. I'm really curious because I have looked all over and I can't find any mention of it, but it's rather interesting that he doesn't tag anywhere um, but over these particular works. So I don't know what the deal is there. That might be kind of a smart thing to do because if somebody's already destroyed something, like if the city's charged him with it, mm-hmm. um, perhaps they wouldn't be able to charge somebody else that just put works... That put work, That's a really good point. Has, ...has work over that. So that might be why they're doing it specifically over his work because it's already... I thought it was like a... I don't know, like they didn't like I him or know. something, but it was, I was like, that's lame. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. I mean, you're, it's like, are you going to get in trouble for killing a dead person? Yeah, double jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> double jeopardy, <laughs> the street art edition. <laughs> hmm, we should go and put some gastro vest <laughs> over, <laughs> over the pizza. Edit, edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, they're going to know who did it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come right back. <laughs> well, we have a street team. We don't know what they do. Yeah. It's uh-huh. not our fault. But, um, just our logo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will have some updates next week. I'm sure a lot more information will be coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, especially once he's out of jail and can speak for himself, which apparently, um, I guess he has, you know, been talking to some friends and stuff. But we'll get more information, and uh, that's about all I have to say about that. Wonderful. Well, we'll pick that up next week if we have more information to bring you guys. Um, moving right along to this week's events, um, if you listened to our show last week, we just had piles and piles of events for everyone to go to last week, and I feel like we talked for way too long because there was just so much happening um, this week's a bit of a breather. There are still plenty of things for you guys to get up to. Don't worry. Um, let's see. Shannon, do you have some events for us? Well, I have a couple of quick events, and then I have my pick. So I'll go ahead and get the quick ones out of the All way. Right. Um, as I was kind of searching around, I found something. Uh, the Heels and Hearts Charity Fashion Shoe Gala. Um, that's going to be, uh, well, like I said, a charity event to raise money uh, for a specific uh, nonprofit for, that's against domestic violence. And that's going to be Sunday, March 23rd, 6.30 at the Hyatt Riverfront. So that's a core event. And uh, this one's really cool. I don't know if I'll be able to go or not. Ladysmith Black Mombazo. It's Saturday, March 22nd at 8 p.m. at the Florida Theater. So those are two goods. But my specific pick, which I kind of, I'll admit, I stole from Cameron. <laughs> I was like, hey, I want to do this. <laughs> uh, the Volstead. We talked about the Volstead last week. I really want to go check it out. So Tony and I are probably going to have to make a trip yeah. there Saturday. It's the World Art... Arts Film Festival Benefit and Launch Party. It's a complicated title, (laughs) but it is what it is. Um, The World Arts Film Festival is something that will be coming uh, to our downtown area May 15th through 17th, and this is the party to get things started. They're going to be showing um, short films at this launch party, and you can actually attend for a $10 ticket, which will also get you a one-day pass to the festival in May. So this is uh, March 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Volstead. And um, that's something to go check out if you're into film. If you want to go to this awesome festival that's coming to our city, yeah, go do that. <laughs> um, coming up this Thursday or tonight for you podcast listeners, One Spark is hosting their town hall meeting at the Florida Theater. Uh, that's going to be, like I said, Thursday night. Uh, at 5 o'clock, the food trucks will start arriving, so that's probably when everyone <laughs> should get there. Uh, the program itself starts at 645. Um, it's, um, like I said, a town hall meeting. Um, to talk about the event that's coming up in, what are we going on, three weeks now? Um, Till One Spark, does that sound right? <laughs> Creators? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, there will be food and music. Canary in the Coal Mine will be playing uh, twice, it looks like, before and after the program. Um, and then there is an after party at Dos Gatos where they will have One Spark-themed drinks for everybody because you need One Spark-themed everything from cocktails to coffee, as we've learned. <laughs> I love it, though. And a beer because intuition is doing a One Spark. Yeah, I love it, though. I love the enthusiasm. I love the involvement. I love the community this is creating for us. So. Exactly. And it's this is basically going to be a kickoff party. It's for creators and... Um, I don't know what you would say as someone... for you guys. <laughs> and and for visitors. I don't know what you would call yourself as a visitor to One Spark. Um, a, a, a patron of One Spark. <laughs> it's for everybody. It's for everyone. Go. If you are still sort of um, confused about what exactly One Spark is, you could go and figure that out. Because I mean, I've never been to a One Spark myself, so I'm still kind of like, I don't even know what's going on. 
fun. So. I'm already taking the weekend off. I'm exactly. Stoked. So, <laughs> well, I want to say about the food trucks. I don't know how many they'll have, but if you would like to eat dinner from a food <laughs> yes. truck, get there early, early before the trucks run out of food. Yeah, yeah. like and then they're just trucks. Find out how long the food trucks are there. Subtract two hours and be in line by then. Gotcha. We, that's if one thing we do not lack enthusiasm for our food trucks <laughs> at the hippie festival I went to that I was just talking about earlier. I think we stood in line for 20 or 30 minutes, and that's no problem for them. It wasn't their fault. It's just the volume they were dealing with, and every single truck. It wasn't any one truck. So get there early, because, and a lot of them did run out of food before the festival was over. Cameron, what do you have for us? Well, we have uh, Saturday is the 19th annual St. John's River Celebration uh, cleanup or the St. John's River Celebration 19th Annual Cleanup, as they have it specifically worded. Um, you can join hundreds of volunteers all over the city. Um, what, what happens is this takes place between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. And you show up at a list of points throughout the city that are um, basically we're looking at um, parks and um, boat ramps, just various um, Riverfront. Yeah, so you, you have a list which you can find by um, going to the website, which we'll have a link up for, but it's a, a COJ net website um, extension but um, there will be a list of all these places that you show up and you go you want to be there at 8am because that's when they gather their team and they pass out supplies and pick a team captain and each team goes and scours that area and cleans up and um, and it's open for everybody to do and it's no pre-registration required but if you're under 18 you do need to be with an adult and um, there's going to be um, some, there's an after party for this, and I did not get the information, but I'm going to Always an after party. Yeah. There's always an after party that involves beer and food trucks. That's and how you get people to clean up a river. <laughs> yeah. Who offers it beer. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, I'll be sure to hit you with that link so you can put that up. But um, yeah. anyway, definitely do this because this is our city. This mm-hmm. is, needs to be done. Um, am I going to be there at 8 a.m.? I'm going <laughs> to. But anyway, but anyway, so but it is very important. And if I were a better person, I'd be there. But <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm but not you that, should be there. Definitely. I'm not that great of a person. Cameron is the honest host. I've got a yeah. special needs cat. That's my charity for life right now. So, all right. Well, that's my pick. Listeners can go in your stead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, does you guys have anything else to add? Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Once again, you can find us on all meetup platforms online. If you want to email us, we are jackscorecast at gmail.com. We're also on Blogspot, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and lately we're on Stitcher. If you don't know what that is, don't feel bad. We will tell you guys more about that later once we get that all set up. But, um, yeah, hope you guys have an awesome week. Bye. Later.